0: I can't think of better words that I want to be singing while we pray for our brothers and sisters. I I received word uh, just a a few minutes ago that the casualty count um, is up to 138, 400 injured. There uh, were some hotels targeted as well. This is a passage for moments like this It's a passage about dead hope. At first glance, this reading from Ezekiel is the stuff of nightmares. God leads Ezekiel into this valley that is very full of very dry bones. It's the aftermath of some horrific battle with so many dead that they weren't able to go and bring their dead and to take them, to bury them, to give them a proper burial, they're, they're left scattered. But as we read on, it turns into an incredibly profound image of restoration that is for you, that is for me, that is for all of creation. It is an image of a God who restores dead hope. Dead hope is what these bones represent. Look at verse 11. It says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Hope is one of those biblical words that is frequently misunderstood. In common everyday English, we use the word hope to refer to optimism or wishful thinking. We may say things like, I hope it won't snow on Palm Sunday, or I hope the 3 AM preacher won't put me to sleep, or maybe I hope Bishop Stewart won't lose his voice again this year. We express hope for things that may or may not happen. But that's not what hope means in the biblical sense. Biblical hope carries with it a sense of expectation. It's not something that we just desire to happen, but something we have a good reason to believe will happen, and we are waiting for it to happen. It's like the difference between that basketball game when the score is zero to zero in an evenly matched, uh, evenly matched game, the hope at the beginning of the game that you'll win. It's the difference between that and the hope in the last minute when you're up by 15 points and you're just waiting for the buzzer to go. It's the difference between, it, it, it's not, it's, it's not a, a young man who asks a, a young woman out on a date and hopes that she says yes. It's the hope of an engaged couple who's looking at wedding venues They have a date set, and they're just waiting to get there. That's the kind of hope that we have in Scripture, the hope of certainty. But that's also why lost hope is so devastating. When we have put our hope in something that disappoints, it is devastating. It's not just disappointment. It is a real sense of lost. It's the pain of what should have been. I can't think of, help but think of the, uh, the sense of lost hope of our brothers and sisters who got ready this morning to go to Easter morning service. It should have been a time to celebrate life. It should have been a time to celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ, who raised from the dead, and it still is that time. But right now, I can't help but think. I can imagine the sense of lost hope that they are feeling. But this is a word for us as we pray for them. as we relate to them in our prayers. It maybe helps us understand what's happening in this passage even. In Ezekiel's context, God had established the people of Israel as a nation. Things looked so good. He had given them his law. He had put a temple in their midst where his presence would be. He had promised David a forever dynasty. Everything looked so promising until the temple was destroyed. The people were scattered and subjugated to a foreign power. Everything they had dreamed for themselves and for their people had been lost, and their hope with it. But this image is not just for Ezekiel's day. See, prophecy usually works on a few different levels. It has a message for its own day, and often it has a message that that points to Jesus and his church. And often there's an element that points to the fulfillment of all things. We've already talked about the context that this passage is in. But in the early church, early Christian writers agree that this is an image of the resurrection. This is an image of dead people being brought to life in the resurrection, the resurrection miracle that's gonna happen at the end of time. But it's not just about the end of time. It's about here and now. It's about God's resurrection work now. There's a message for us today. There's a sense in which we can identify with the house of Israel because we've been grafted into the house of Israel. Not ethnically, but the promises of God to Israel. We've been brought into those promises these promises that see their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Even in the New Testament, as the church was being persecuted, as they were ostracized from their communities, we we see the church identifying with Israel in exile, sojourning through the world while while we wait for God to make everything right. But like our forebears, we are prone to lost hope. I think that if we're honest with ourselves, we probably all have some dry bones in our closet. Things that should have been, that somehow got lost along the way, and we haven't been able to find that hope to replace the hope that we've lost. Perhaps it was a relationship that should have lasted forever, either our own or our parents, or friendship, Perhaps it was a certain trajectory that you saw your life on, your career, your ministry, and somehow things just didn't go the way that you expected them to go. You feel like you've lost something. You thought you'd have a long life of good health, and then you received that diagnosis. Maybe you've been feeling your future being drained away by sin the sinful pattern in your life, and you just can't seem to shake it no matter what you do. Maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe your heart is broken for racism or injustice that you see, even in the church where it doesn't belong. You look at the events, like what happened in Sri Lanka, and you say, Lord, why? Why is this happening? Why do you allow this to happen? And you feel like your hope is lost. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if you're here at three in the morning, it's because you want something from the Lord. It's because you hope that he has something for you, that somehow he can come through in some way. Our canon theologian Stephen Godier says that this is the best maybe not the best, but a great hour to be at vigil. It's too late for the night owls, it's too early for the early birds. You're left with the people who really want to be here. the People who are crying out to Jesus to do something. God asked Ezekiel a question that we need to consider. Can these bones live? The answer is obvious. No. Right, that's the answer. They are very dry, very dead bones. Dead things don't come back to life. But let me give you a pro-Bible reading tip. When the omniscient creator of the universe asks a question, he's not asking, he's not looking for information. He's not asking for a second opinion. When God asks Adam and Eve, where are you, in the garden, it's not because he doesn't know where they are. No, he's pointing out the separation that has occurred between him and them. When he asks them, who told you you were naked, he's giving them the opportunity to confess what they had done. God's questions are not for his benefit. They're for ours. So when God asks us, can these bones live? It's not so much a question as an invitation. Are you willing to believe that God can restore dead hope? Can you trust him to do this? You're you're here. At, At some level, I... I imagine that the answer very well may be yes, but maybe the question that you have is how? How does dead hope get resurrected? I'll tell you now, it's not through optimism. It's not through the power of wishful thinking. If you want that message, I can recommend some Disney movies for you, but you're not going to find that in the Bible. What we're asking God is for nothing short of a miracle. It's not, it's not that we need a little extra help to get there, to, to, just, to just be optimistic enough. We're asking him for a resurrection miracle. How do we see this miracle of resurrection help, hope? Well, first we see that restoration of hope begins with a word from God. restoration of hope begins with a word from God, a promise from God. We don't tell God what restoration is going to look like in our life. Sometimes we want things from God that are not actually what we need from God. Even even good things that we want are not necessarily what he wants to give us because what he wants to give us is something better. He promises complete restoration. Sometimes God does want to do a a quick one-night miraculous work, a miraculous healing. He wants to give you that glimpse of resurrection life today and and maybe he has maybe he's done that for you tonight. You've had this moment with the Lord and it's this, this this sudden moment of transformation. Sometimes what he wants to do is begin a process that's going to take a long time, that might even last a a lifetime. Sometimes we won't see that ultimate restoration until the end of all things, when all things are made right. But here's the point. If God has promised it, it will happen. If God has promised it, it will happen. This is why Abraham was able to trust God with Isaac, because God had made a promise. God's promises give shape to our hope. They give give our hope a form. They help us understand what we can hope for. Here are a few things that God has promised. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We could go on and on, but here's my point. Whatever this dead hope is that you've brought to God this evening, he has a word for you about your restoration. It may not be what you expect, but it is exactly what you need. Perhaps you've already heard this word tonight. There's a, there's a scripture that's spoken to you. There's, there's lyrics from a song that have spoken to you. You've had a moment with a prayer minister where you've, you've received this word from the Lord. That's why we have prayer with prayer ministers. One reason is so that someone can carry you into prayer before the Lord and pray for you. But the other reason is because sometimes the Lord wants to speak to you through prayer. Let that word form your hope. Let it bring those bones together and put sinew on them. Will you receive that word? Can these bones live? But God doesn't just make promises, He keeps those promises, He seals those promises and makes them possible by His Holy Spirit. In the Ezekiel passage, the bones come together and the muscle and skin forms on them, but they're still dead. They went from a pile of bones to a a pile of corpses. The restoration is not complete, but then God sends his breath into the body. In the Old Testament, the word for breath is the same word as we have for spirit. It's the thing that differentiates something that is dead from something that is alive. It's the life force of a being. And he breathes his life into these bones, into these corpses, and they become alive. I believe God wants to breathe his life into your dead hope this evening. Sometimes I think we have an intellectual understanding or even a belief regarding the promises of God. We know with our minds that God is making everything right. We know with our minds that we are no longer slaves of sin. We know with our minds that that there will be a resurrection, and that death is not the final answer. We have no lack of knowledge, but sometimes even this knowledge can make it almost feel worse because we know what's supposed to happen. We know we're supposed to have victory over sin. We know we're supposed to be able to, to, to not grieve like those who have no hope, and yet somehow it, it, it's like it's not happening. The bones have muscle and skin on them, but our hope still feels dead. And what we need is life. What we need is power. We need the Holy Spirit to fill us To help us to believe the promises of God and receive them for ourselves and for others. God's question to Ezekiel can these bones live? It could just as easily be translated Will these bones live? And some of us know in our minds that God can make the bones live, but what we need is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to awaken us to the reality that He will make these bones live. There will be a resurrection. He has done it, it is finished. We're just waiting to see it happen. That's the hope. We're waiting to see it happen because it is a sure thing, because it is already done. The buzzer has already gone, the vows have already been said, the moment has happened. and we're just waiting to see it. We need God to take our hope that is already there and make it a living hope, and it's only something that the Holy Spirit can do. The Holy Spirit is the one who begins God's resurrection work in our life today. He is the one who helps us hold fast to Jesus when we begin to doubt. He is the one who gives us power to resist temptation. He is the one who empowers us to pray, for one another and bring healing into one another's lives if you have been baptized into Jesus you have the Holy Spirit in you God's breath is in you and and my prayer is that this evening that you will breathe in that you will ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit for the work of for, for belief for faith to fill you with the Holy Spirit to receive the promises that he has for you to receive the promises he has for your your neighbors, and your brothers and sisters who are far from God, your friends who are far from God, to believe his promises for our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka, both the living and the dead. Come, Holy Spirit. I'd like to ask our musicians to come up. I want to enter into a time of continued prayer. We've been praying this whole time. I want to invite you. uh, I know many of us are still moved to pray for our our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka. And and I I want to invite you, if if you have that burden, to, to come up to the cross and continue to pray with us. Others of you may have your own dead hope that you're carrying with you, your own bones. That you've brought with you tonight and you need someone to pray for you you need a word from the lord or maybe you have received a word from the lord but you you need the holy spirit to come and and, and help you believe it and so i would invite you to, to to receive prayer on the side from someone however the lord is leading you tonight let us ask him to restore our hope in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen